0: normally I have not been doing telephone interviews but uh, with uh, the situation we face ourselves in today I have made some exceptions and the first uh, telephone interview of my podcast series will be with Dr. Alan Borth, the superintendent of schools for Hamilton Southeastern Schools District and I'm also honored to have with me Michelle Fullhart president of the uh, board of trustees of the Hamilton Southeastern School District so to uh Dr. Borff and Michelle, thank you very much uh, for joining me today.
1: Absolutely. Glad to be here.
2: Thank you, Larry, for doing this.
0: So let's let's talk, uh, first of all, about uh, what's happened since the last school board meeting. Uh, so I'm going to ask Dr. Borf to answer first. Uh, a lot has happened since then. How are you doing?
1: Well so much has happened since the last school board meeting on a, on a global level and of course it's affected us as you well know uh, we have we have canceled school at one point we were going into waiver days that the uh, governor was offering to to uh, to give us and e-learning days since that uh, happened we've also had school closed at the governor's uh, directive until May 1st. So we have teachers out there who are continuing to offer e-learning services to our students. Um, Three days a week this week, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. We have students who are taking those e-learning lessons. And then we also have teachers and students who are uh, planning even beyond that. Uh, We have spring break coming up but we know that we're coming back after spring break on an e-learning mode again. And uh, so we have buildings that are being deep cleaned right now in the absence of teachers and uh, students. We have administrative staff working from home, but meeting on a regular basis with central office staff uh, via Zoom. We're all learning new, new technology uses. Uh, the school board has canceled its next meeting, but we're also planning. Uh, we're also planning beyond that. And the big question that parents have been forwarding to us—I think Michelle could uh, could vouch for for that also—is uh, what's happening for graduation and prom. Well,
0: so, lo- those are a lot of questions. I'm going to ask for Michelle to answer one question for me. You know, when this whole e-learning process started when the school buildings had to be closed, uh, I was on social media and I noticed an awful lot of comments from uh, mothers, families. They were really tearing their hair out. It was very difficult getting everything set up. There was a lot of stress. But what I have noticed is that in recent days, that has subsided. Do you do you think the families are beginning to become accustomed to the e-learning and deal you know because a lot of the parents are home too they're working out of their homes so have you noticed i've noticed that there's a lot less complaining on social media people are beginning to get into a kind of a routine what's your view on that
2: i i agree definitely i initially i was getting some emails from parents and haven't gotten any lately um so i i think you know they know that uh I think the teachers are doing a good job of sharing expectations. Uh, I hope parents don't feel pressured, especially of young ones, that, you know, we have to do this when, you know, at certain times Uh, we've moved to three days a week, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. However, um, there is, you know, grace in there as far as uh, it doesn't have to be done on exactly that day, Um, just understanding the juggling acts that many of our parents are doing as well as our teachers who have their own children, uh, and they have to handle their learning as well. Um, it's just a, a definitely a learning opportunity for everyone involved, and um, hopefully we'll get through this and and have a lot of things to, uh, that we'll have learned from um, to gauge for the future should this happen again. But I did want to say a tremendous, you know. Thank you to our teachers who, in a matter of hours, had to completely change their way of teaching. Um, and many of them have done unbelievably uh, great job in reaching out to their students uh, while juggling everything. You're trying to make sure their families stay safe, and just you know, teachers are learners, in the and they're sharing information with each other. I see amazing things going on with Twitter. I think our families are stepping up as well. Um, and, you know, there's so many factors that as a board member I'm not aware of, you know, administrators are having to deal with, and teachers. Um, it kind of makes me <laughs> wish I were a teacher back to teaching right now so I could be a part of this because I think, you know, we have to give a shout out to our healthcare workers who are doing so much um, to stop the spread of, of um, coronavirus, but yet to our teachers who are you know, working diligently and, and trying to reach the social and emotional needs of our kids as they're going through this isolation time as well.
0: Okay, Michelle, let's make sure I understand. You were once a teacher. You're saying you would like to teach under these conditions?
2: I, I would love it because okay. I feel pretty helpless right now in my role as school board president, that I'm not, you know, part of the troops that are doing the great things. I'm kind of sitting back in my role, um, at, you know, waiting for information to come to me to act upon. Um, so, yes, I do. I really I really wish I could. And, you know, the fact that my kids are older and don't really need me for e-learning, um, I have a lot of downtime at home right now. But, um, you know, unfortunately, well, or fortunately, a, a school board member cannot be an employee
0: of the district. Well, let me ask Dr. Borff to clarify one thing. Make sure I understand this. You mentioned that there are e-learning programs going on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So on Tuesday and Thursday, are the students given other work, or are those those 20 grace days that the governor has given you?
1: Oh, we have e-learning happening on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday.
0: Okay, I missed that. Thank you for correcting me on that. I'm trying to take notes as we're on the fly here. So it's three days a week, correct?
1: and on the other two days those are building closure days <clears throat> but what Michelle was saying was students may because this is uh, e-learning and it's all online they can still access some of their lessons and actually do their homework on those Mondays and Fridays there's uh, there's no reason why that can't be done
0: I'll ask either one of you to chime in on this. There obviously are some families in our district, it's such a large district and geographically large, that uh, there are going to be some people either without Internet access at all or with uh, limited access, which doesn't have the proper speeds and and connections to to do the kind of e-learning you're trying to do. For either one of you that wants to chime in, how is the school corporation handling that situation?
1: Well, there are two things that we're doing one we have some some exterior hot spots in the in the district one is at new britain elementary one is between sand creek elementary and sand creek intermediate and the other one is at uh fisher's high school people if they if they have access to co- transportation may take their cars and go over there into those parking lots. And those are hotspots where they can access Wi-Fi. Now, in addition to that, we're exploring the purchase of 20 to 25 personal hotspots that we would make, uh, available to families on a first come first serve basis. Uh, we're exploring that they may be available as early as this week. Um, they may not. It depends on how affordable they are and when they can be put into use. But we're aware that there are some there are some issues. In one of our buildings, I believe it's uh, New Britain. We also had a number of families that were simply not uh, able to access e-learning. So we have packed what we call go bags for them, which are hard copy assignments to be done to, to maintain. Uh, proficiency there with the Indiana academic standards.
0: Now, Michelle, it seems like it was a long time ago, but it wasn't. The last school board meeting in early March, uh, you and and the other board members uh, conducted a vote empowering uh, the superintendent to handle a number of compensation issues, particularly for hourly workers. That would include people such as instructional assistants, cafeteria workers, bus drivers, or maybe some others. So at this point, can you explain to the public how the school corporation uh, is using uh, that authority that the board gave them?
2: Well, and the board did just authorize um, Dr. Bork and his administrative team to do what they felt would be in the best interest of um, our employees. So I will let him address uh, the decisions they made, which I wholeheartedly support.
1: Yeah. And what we're doing at least, uh, for as long as we can, we are, um, compensating our, our staff for those periods of time that school is not in session as if it were in session. So there will be no, uh, lack of compensation in terms of salary or benefits that they, that they uh, choose to have during this time that they so that they have, uh they're, they're being made whole despite the fact that school is not in session for some of these, for some of these student uh, uh, employees, this could be a really, really difficult time. If it weren't for the fact that we were continuing to do this, I don't know for how long this can be done. Um, after all, we, we do have, um, a finite budget. And we don't have revenue coming in for our food services, but uh, we will do this for as long as we can uh, and to be fiscally prudent and responsible. But we're pleased that we can do this at this point because those employees are hardworking. They're on call. Many of them are coming in, just like our food services staff did uh, a week ago when they came in and packed all those lunches for uh, families to come in and access, uh, they did that uh, on on an on-call basis. Our transportation people work on the same on the same call, as do many of our other uh, employees.
0: And how's the system working out to get the meals to the families? I know that's uh, the logistics of that probably took some time. Uh, uh, could you explain how that's working up to now?
1: Well, it did take some time because what we did was to pack. Um, More than one week of uh, snacks and food items for students using all the available food that we had on on hand. And so we organized about 4,500 meals, I believe it was. And those are gone. Those, we we completely uh, uh, saw the end of that on day two, I believe it was. And for at this point, we're gearing back up and after spring break we're prepared to do that uh, another another round of that whether it will be as many we're reaching out to particular families uh, at this point so that we know exactly who needs those and where that will go to make the biggest uh, the biggest benefit
0: i want to move to michelle michelle i know you uh, you're active with the uh, indiana school board association as the local school board president you're in touch with people The one thing that concerns me, and I really want to know uh, how you feel about this at at this particular point. With Indiana, I won't say on lockdown, but we certainly are shutting down as far as commercial activity is concerned. With the state providing a large amount of the funding for school corporations in the state of Indiana, lower tax collections are going to eventually cause funding problem for school corporations what are you hearing i mean it seems to me that there's going to be uh, unfortunately a lower tax collections at least in the near future is that a concern of yours and if so could you explain what you're hearing on that uh, on that scene
2: well i can tell you i haven't heard anything officially officially but dr bork and i um were just having that conversation before you called um you know having been a part of uh this school district since 1991, lived through a few, um, pretty sparse times as far as budget goes. Um, last one being the 2008 recession. Um, yes, it, it it is coming. Um, I think that's pretty much a a fact. Um, it, will it affect, uh, you know, I, I can see at least two quarters worth of, um, revenues by the state. So we were, Dr. Bork and I were just discussing what that might look like as far as will it be, a, you know, across the board 10% or, or something like that. Um, and we were just uh, bantering about some ideas on, on cost-cutting measures. Um, Dr. Bork has uh, already communicated with the board that um, he sees it coming as well and um, probably going uh, to be some proposals for costs to be reined in a little bit so we can meet that um and hopefully it'll be a short-term issue but um yes definitely um something and i I did even bring it up at the last board meeting um because it was the the start of the fall of the market um you know uh, and i think we saw the looming closure of schools did not foresee um you know being out until may 1st at this point um, possibly longer but yeah, definitely something that is uh, I lost a little sleep over I'm sure Dr. Borp has as well, as has our CFO, and
0: definitely none. So, yes, I remember very well what happened uh, during the last economic meltdown. So uh, at this point, what I'm hearing you say is that you're looking at all your options, knowing that there's going to be some issue to deal with in the near future, and I assume there's, there's more to, to come on that. Uh, mm-hmm. Dr. Borth, let me ask you this question, because I know in past discussions at board meetings, uh, your assistant superintendent, Dr. Jan Combs, had talked several times when the discussion was centered on, let's say, weather-related closings, which were shorter in term, obviously, snowstorms, ice storms, that kind of thing. Uh, she had expressed some concern about what might happen if e-learning went on too long. Well, you don't have a choice now. You have to do a fairly long-term e-learning situation. Um, are there going to be challenges with this over time?
1: Yes, there, there, there are challenges. We've even talked about that as, as recently as this morning with our principals. Um, the, the issue is going to be how do you calculate grades based on this kind of experience how do, you, how do you work the end of the school year, particularly at the high school level, in terms of uh, final exams? And then when we, when we put this all together, how do you determine um, issues such as retention or promotion based on this kind of information? These are the challenges. I'm not saying we can't do it, but I'm saying it's going to take a little different approach this year. Than we've seen
0: in the past. Yeah, and I think I've seen some national uh, education experts who have written about this, and I've, either one of you can answer this one. It seems to me that there is a special challenge amongst all educators around the country. Uh, how do you know a student is ready to be promoted to the next grade? Which t- ties into your discussion about how to assign grades. How you know are you are, you don't want to set up a situation where you promote a student and maybe they're not ready for that next grade yet? Any any comments from either one of you on that issue?
1: I'll let Michelle talk on that, but I will say one of the one of the approaches we're looking at is to compact our curriculum beginning in the fall, where you where we're going to spend a little more time compacting the final quarter of this year into the first quarter of next year. Uh, this this requires a, quite a bit of planning. But what we, what we would end up doing is just spending much more time going over this quarter's curriculum than we would normally do in order to make sure that all the students who are moving forward have adequate uh, exposure to the content that we think is so important. The good thing is we're all in this together. Uh, the whole world, and so uh, we don't feel like we're losing we're losing uh, ground against other competitive uh, competing school districts and and nations. We're all in this together,
0: uh, Michelle. Let me let me go to something else if I can. Uh, graduation is scheduled on the calendar for May thirtieth. Uh, graduations are contracted a year or two ahead of time. I know what's supposed to. I think the Fairgrounds Coliseum this year. Uh, with all the social distancing guidelines currently in place, if they're still in place May 30th, it's uh, not going to be possible to do graduation as you've done it in the past. So I know you may not have made a decision yet. What are the options? What have you discussed so far on how to handle uh, this year's graduation ceremonies? Well,
2: and Dr. Bork and I were just talking about that earlier. Um, First of all, I recognize the fact that our seniors have worked, you know, 13 years for this for this momentous occasion in their lives, and um, I know I and Dr. Borfield the same way, um, and other board members as well. That we will do everything in our power to make uh, this time still be special for them. Be it, you know, something in June or July on a football field, um, I, we would be more than willing to accommodate that because they deserve. Some recognition of this, Um, and and just the fact that you know, if they don't go back to school, they need to see their classmates. Um, We talked about you know the possibility of doing it um, all the way up till August, when the kids who are going to college you know might be leaving town. But um, definitely, I I want to find a way to honor these kids for the hard work that they've done, these students, um, and to be recognized. Uh, You know, they're missing out on a lot, and I would hate to have that be canceled. I know some schools are talking about doing it virtually. Um, I'm not a fan of that unless we're still in lockdown, you know, come August 1st. Maybe that's a possibility. But um, I would like to do everything in my power to make sure that, uh, that they have some special event, and Dr. Bork agrees with me on that.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt. I remember when my uh, my my daughters grad, my twin daughters graduated. That was a very special time, and you want to find a way to to get that done. So I, I appreciate uh, that answer, and I think a lot of people in the community are are appreciative that you're doing everything you can to have a communal type of uh, ceremony when it's 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 safe to do so. Doctor Borth, I think it was Michelle that mentioned earlier about spring break. Spring break is scheduled for April 3rd through the 10th. Um, no doubt, everybody will need a break by that time. Uh, is there anything special that families need to know about spring break under these circumstances?
1: Well, from the school's point of view, uh, I, I don't know that, that there's anything special that they need to know. I think what they need to what they need to be doing is researching the the locations or the destinations that where they plan to uh, to go for spring break. To make sure it's going to be the experience that we're hoping it would be. Uh, many of the places have closed beaches, they've closed restaurants, uh, bars, they've closed uh, all kinds of locations where uh, people normally gravitate towards spring break. The other piece is, uh, as long as we are doing social distancing uh, to lower that, uh, uh, that curve, we need to be aware. That that may be something that we need to keep in mind as we're around people during the spring break. We would we would hope that we can come back from spring break and um, resume our e-learning activities as we would normally as we would normally do. But uh, we're watching that May first with a great deal of interest.
0: Now, Michelle Governor Holcomb, uh, when one of his briefings. Flat out said that he'd love to see students come back for regular classes before the end of the school year, but I think the way he put it was it would be a miracle to get that done. Do you think that's true?
2: I do. Um, just in, in talking to some of my friends in the medical community, um, you know, I, I don't think May 1st is realistic that it would be eliminated, and, you know, the problem is we have asymptomatic people who are capable of spreading it. And um, if I'm not confident and Dr. Borf's not confident and you know, administrators aren't confident that we could have a safe place for the kids to go in school to protect our other students as well as uh, teachers. And you know, not all teachers are um, in the non-risk category. We have many with um, you know, older teachers, we have immunocompromised teachers, uh, you know with with underlying health conditions, and we don't want to put them in jeopardy as well. And yes, you know, we're seeing children, this is showing up in them. and we do have quite a few um, children with underlying health conditions as well. So unless you know like he said a miracle, um, be it a nationwide vaccine or something, I can I can see us being closed until indefinitely until the following school
0: year. Let me stay with you for a minute, Michelle. Uh, the state has announced and now the federal government has confirmed that the high-stakes testing will just simply not be done this school year. You're I, I've, kind of watching you and your feelings uh, about that issue, uh, your reaction.
2: I, I think that's the least they could do um, at this point. It should be the least of our worries would be those, those testing um, time timeframes. Yes, we will miss out on some data, but, you know, this is an unprecedented situation. Uh, I don't want to put our um, administrators in a position of having to figure out how to test these kids. Don't want to put the pressure on the kids. They're dealing with enough, or the families. Um, I think it, it, I, I am completely fine with it. I'm thrilled that they, they decided to do that, actually.
0: I'm going to ask Dr. Borif to... Uh answer this first, Michelle, I'll ask you to. You've already sort of uh, insinuated this. So I'll ask you straight up. Dr. Borf, as all this unfolds and you're dealing with all the challenges, what have you learned from this experience up to now?
1: Well, one thing I've learned is that under circumstances like this, uh, our employees rise to the occasion. Uh, whether it's whether it's the uh, food services people who put together the, the meals on the spur of the moment or the teachers who have to pivot, as Michelle said, from classroom teacher to uh, cyber teacher, they're doing it. I had, the, I had the privilege of working with two of my grandchildren, one at fourth grade and one at kindergarten, on e-learning day. And I was so impressed at the experience that these teachers had put together for them. It was sequential, it was cumulative, it was very, very well thought through, I thought. And yes, it was demanding, but it was demanding uh, and it was a quality experience, for a learning experience for my grandkids. I was impressed by that. So I guess what I see is that... uh, under under trying circumstances, we we can see some amazing things that are, are brought out in people of all ages.
0: And Michelle, from the point of view of the school board president, a school board member, uh, you've also been involved heavily in all that's going on. What have you learned from your vantage point through all this?
2: Well, and I have to say, really, I haven't been involved um, other than emailing Dr. Boris and texting with them occasionally. Um, you know, our our job is kind of to. To be the oversight and not get in their way as they're making the decisions. But uh, I have to say, you know, from my own students or my own children's uh, work that they've been doing and what I've seen on Twitter and Facebook, it's you know now is the time for um, our innovative teachers that we have so many of to uh, you know continue with that, and it's their time to shine. I really think we're gonna come out of this. Um, in A better place, uh, you know, working together, sharing ideas. Um, I, I teachers, our parents will get a better understanding of, you know, the job the teachers do. Um, and I, I, just, I think, you know, the fact that we're not the only district that this is happening in, um, I think we're going to come out looking very good because a, we're one to one. There are many communities around the state that aren't, so we have that ability to um, work remotely, but um, B, I think we're our, our fantastic teachers are going to rise to the occasion and figure out a way to meet these children academically as well as socially and emotionally.
0: Okay, one unrelated to coronavirus question for Dr. Borf because my uh, sports writer friends will ask me to ask this. How far along are you on the process of replacing Adam Morris as the head football coach at HSC High School? Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I believe that that position has been posted, and they're they're accepting applications right now.
0: Very good. Michelle, I want to, each of you to answer this, but Michelle, uh, I've tried to ask the number of questions here. I may not have remembered to ask everything. Is there anything you would like to add that I have not had the chance to ask during this 30-minute interview?
2: Well, I did want to say we had a staff member reach out to us this week about um, – getting supplies out of the schools that could be helpful for our medical community and, and Dr. Borch working on that right now. You know, we have uh, classrooms that have hand sanitizers and our clinics and uh, custodial staff have some masks and some gloves and he is coordinating getting those uh, out of the schools right now because you know, they don't have a need for them. Of course, leaving some in case school does um, start back up but you know, just a way for us to help with the, the medical needs of our community. Um, so that's just something that's come up. I want to give a shout out to our, um, food service people. Um, we're still working on, Well, not, we They are still working on figuring out, you know, the next steps is we're going to be out until May 1st, uh, how to coordinate the distribution of food for our, our families who are in need, um, and how to pay for it because it is, it's not free. Um, so they're working on that. There's just a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff going on, and and one other thing I wanted to comment. Initially, at our board meeting on Wednesday, we had parents who were um, wanting us to call off school, and you know that's not a, a board decision. But um, I know it wasn't called off immediately, although they were thinking about it, because there are factors that we need to to keep in mind. For instance, our free and reduced lunch children who get a you know breakfast and lunch at school Monday through Friday, you know, we needed to figure out a way to get them food. So, um, you know, lots of behind the scenes stuff going on that I personally am not involved in, but I know Dr. Borf and his team are working on.
0: And Dr. Bork, same question to you. Anything you would like to add that I did not think to ask you?
1: Well, I
2: would like to give
1: a shout out to the neighboring school districts. Uh, I met just this morning. We met for over an hour. I think it was an hour and a half. Um, the superintendents from the other districts in Hamilton County, as well as uh, Garen Schools and Options uh, Academy, we met talking about trying to coordinate our our efforts because we have we have so many families that cross over either as employees or students and so on. So. Uh, we shared resources, we've shared knowledge, we've, uh, uh, I, I think we are trying to put Hamilton County in a situation where we are leading the, the, the state in our actions and our efforts. Uh, so I, I give credit to the other school districts and their superintendents and administrative staffs.
2: And to clarify, that was a video meeting,
1: correct? That was a Zoom, <laughs> it was a Zoom meeting, a Zoom conference. By the way, Larry, we've learned a lot about technology and how to bring people together in ways we've never done before. That was a Zoom conference, as has been our principals' meeting. That was also a Zoom conference today.
0: Well, I I admire you for for getting on board with some of this new technology, and I'm sure we're all going to be using it a lot more. But I want to thank both of you, Dr. Alan Bohr, Superintendent of Schools for the Hamilton Southeastern School Corporation, and Michelle Fullhart, the president of the Board of Trustees for Hamilton Southeastern Schools. We live in interesting times, and we obviously all have to adjust to that. And I thank you so much for giving me some of your time.
2: Thank you, Larry. Thank you. Appreciate you being uh, the uh, voice of our of, uh, Fishers and all things that are happening. It's been a, a godsend to many who are looking for the news locally.
0: And thank you.